Greetings, friends and fellow passionate high achievers. It is 5.50 p.m. on a Friday, and please excuse my voice this evening. Uh, the, the winter has really set in here in New England, which means everyone's turning on their heaters. That combined with spending last weekend out in a very dry, dusty vineyard in mid-California, uh, my allergies are raging and my throat is a dry husk. So we'll see how this goes. Um, but uh, what I wanted to do today is something I haven't had a chance to do yet this month, which is talk about the go- the books. Goals are also awesome to talk about. Uh, but the books that I read last month, and I'm going to keep this kind of short and sweet. Um, I read three nonfiction books, um, two of which I would definitely recommend. And then I also read one, two, three, four, five, six, six or finished six fiction books last month. Um, I have been really taking advantage of my local library. Uh, I ran out of fiction books to read at home and um, I, I just, you know, decided that it would be really good to shove my kid into the library for an hour a week to just be forced to explore books and knowledge. Uh, so I started doing that for him. And then I just started looking at the the new books they had coming in. And, and so I've been reading a lot of library books. Um, so the first one uh, that I read in October was The White Lady, which is by Jacqueline Winspear who I have read a bunch before. She wrote a series, um, the Maisie Dobbs series, which is about a um, a 1940s, uh, I'm pretty sure that was the time frame, maybe 50s, um, detective, a female who was a detective. And the white lady is also a post-war kind of female detective type uh, book. It was awesome. I would recommend any of Jacqueline Winspear's books. Um, Then I read a book that was 100% saw the cover and I was like, I just want to know what it is. It was called Bang Bang Bodhisattva by Aubrey Wood. Uh, It was very interesting. Um, I did. I think in the end, I liked it. It was definitely... um, there was a lot of like LGBTQ and and just kind of open relationship type stuff, but that wasn't the focus of it. It was also kind of a uh, mystery. I don't know. I'm really bad at book genres, um, but uh, it was somewhat set in the future, like a decade in the future. There was a lot of really interesting like tech type stuff in there, like ways tech could go. Um, but then the story itself, you know, was a kind of... Yeah, basically, a girl gets um, framed for something. A female gets framed for something, and she has to kind of absolve herself. Uh, but Bang Bang Bodhisattva really caught my attention. So that was that was an interesting one. Um, if you're open to reading interesting things, that might be a, a fun one to pick up. Uh, then I read a book called Assassin's Orbit by John Appel, A-P-P-E-L. Um, and that one, I literally just looked for a sticker on the spine that said sci-fi because I like sci-fi. That was a pretty cool book. Um, and then the next book I read, I'm so glad I picked up. I I have I since read two more books by this author. No, I've read one more. And then I picked up a third one from the library to read. Um, the author is TJ Klune. And the book was In the Lives of Puppets. And it's sort of this reverse Pinocchio 
scenario where a it's like a post-apocalyptic world um, that's kind of like robots run everything and a, a robot adopts a boy <laughs> as opposed to the other way around of the human adopting the puppet. The puppet adopts the human um, and then, you know, things happen. I don't want to spoil anything. I thought it was awesome uh, in the lives of puppets. Really good book. TJ Klune, K-L-U-N-E is the author. I will say I am in uh, New England. I'm in Connecticut. Uh, I'm in a liberal area. And so somehow several of the books that I've picked up do have LGBTQ themes. This author is uh, self-proclaimed a queer author and wants to bring representation in. So there's a minor element of that just so nobody's blindsided if they pick up any of his books. Um, But so far, I've loved them. I love his writing. And then uh, uh, the next one I read was also just a silly one where I judged it by its cover. And I was like, I have to see what this is. And it is called... On Earth as it is in television by Emily Jane. And it was about um, uh, basically just Earth. And all of a sudden, aliens show up and like hover over major cities for a short period of time and then disappear. And then it's just kind of the the fallout and the chaos and following the stories of a few different people afterwards. And it did come together in this totally unexpected way. I had no idea what to expect going into it. And the whole way through, I was just more and more delighted by this story and the direction it went. Um, Cats were a big part of it, which is fun. And then, you know, television was part of it as well. So that one was On Earth as it is in television. The The title was too enticing. Um, and then the final book that I read was Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. And I read that with my son. Um, so we, you know, it's actually been a while since I've read to him. He's almost 11 years old. Um, but we do like spending time together reading at night. So I had actually picked up Alice in Wonderland to read myself. And, you know, I was going to to sit with him. You know, he reads his book, I read mine. And then he just kind of randomly asked me to read it out loud. And I was just about to start the book. So I said, sure, why not? And we just started reading it. And it's been a really awesome connection point. And he loved the story. Um, so that was that was kind of a fun thing we stumbled on. And we're actually reading another book now that hopefully I'll get to tell you about next month. Um, but now on to the the nonfiction books that I read. Uh, The first was another from, if you listened to my book episode last month, uh, we got a random bag of books from Joe Polish, just random assortment of books. And some of them were interesting. Some of them I'm just getting rid of, donating, whatever. Um, But one of them was called Influence to Profit by Michael Stevenson. Um, And he he's a an ethical influence and persuasion expert. Um, And the subtitle of the book is turning words into wealth with ethical influence and persuasion. Uh, So it was, it's a slim little book in like literally 20 point font. Um, So it's a, you know, an oversized pamphlet that they turned into an undersized book, but uh, it was, you know, it was basic NLP type stuff, neuro-linguistic programming um, using language to help move people towards a yes in sales. It it was all kind of basic sales stuff. Um, 
you know, emotions are are the gateway to making a sale. Uh, you know, cause using cause and effect statements, um, the hypnotic nod. So basically, like if you get people saying yes, they're going to want to continue to say yes. So that's like a classic sales technique, um, which I think the most fun part about learning about sales techniques is you can recognize when they're being used on you. I remember I got a, a sales call that for some reason I picked up. I think it was it related to something that I had done. So I ended up picking up the phone and and I could tell the girl was newer at sales and I could hear her going through the script of asking the questions that had obvious yes answers. Anyone would answer yes to them. And it, I knew that what was coming was going to be an ask at some point. And I just, I remember I was like stifling a laugh because I could hear the technique in what she was doing. So one, I think one of the most fun things um, and also practical things about learning about sales techniques is so you can recognize when they're being done on you and you don't get suckered in, you know, to these ideas of like, literally it's called a hypnotic nod where you kind of get a person mirroring your language and nodding along with you, which, you know, kind of unconsciously, subconsciously is telling them to say yes. So when it comes time to make the sale, to try to close the deal, they're already primed to say yes. And it's the reason I'm sure that he talks about ethical influence and persuasion is because these techniques are used by con men I won't name names, but there's a big one that's in the news a lot that has used techniques like this to win over half the country's population. Um, eh, you know, maybe not half, depending on who you talk to. But <laughs> the the techniques are effective. You know, they work for sure. So the more that you are informed and armed with how these neurolinguistic programming things work, the more you can guard against con men and people trying to sucker you in or just end up you know, making an impulse buy at some town fair because the booth salesman happened to be, you know, really, really effective salesman. And then you end up coming home with some gadget or trinket that you didn't really want and spent too much money on. Uh, so then the next one I read was uh, All It Takes is a Goal by John Acuff, who is one of my favorite authors. Uh, the subtitle of this one is The Three-Step Plan to Ditch Regret and Tap into Your Massive Potential. Obviously, I have drank the John A. Cuff punch. I talk about him all the time, uh, but he just does this spectacular job of making big, hairy topics just so easy that you can't you can't ignore them. They just seep into who you are and they help you be a better version of you. So the other one that I talk about a lot is Soundtracks, which was his last book before this one. That was just mindset, Carol Dweck type stuff, affirmations. Uh, and he just makes it so fun and light and easy. It's almost easy to overlook because he makes it so approachable, but he's teaching great stuff. So uh, one of the things that I'll share that he talks about in the book is building an awesome moments list. And this is where, you know, a lot of people, when they're trying to set goals, they think about who they want to be, who they should be, who they've been told they should want to be, you know, and it's looking forward into the future and trying to guess, like looking into a crystal ball and figuring out what you really want from life. So John Acuff said, you know, one day he was 
I don't know, he's just bored in an airport or something. Um, and he decided to sit down and look in the other direction. And he started a list of all of his best moments, the the times that he was happiest or the things that made him feel accomplished or proud or just all of the, the big and little things that stood out that made him happy, that made him feel successful. And then from that, he was able to, to codify the goals that truly made him happy, the types of accomplishments that make him happy. And he, he ended up breaking it down into, you know, he says everything falls into one of four categories, accomplishments, experiences, relationships, and objects. So for example, on his list, accomplishments are really high. He likes achieving things. Objects are really low. So he recognized that if he tried to motivate himself with an object, like, you know, you'll hear that advice sometimes, like give yourself a reward at the end of accomplishing a big goal or a little goal, you know, whatever it happens to be. And he realized that for him, objects aren't important, like at all. So that wasn't going to be something that helped motivate him. And he definitely shouldn't set goals centered around objects. Um, So that was, you know, that best moments list is a really cool little practice. Um, And then he talks about, you know, choosing a game to play, which is basically like choose one area to focus on instead of trying to revamp your entire life, you know, which a lot of people, you were coming up on the new year, a lot of people will just be like, I'm going to set all of these goals and everything's going to be different this year. And then they're frustrated when, that year ends up just like the year before. So taking taking the time to really, you know, narrow in on one thing that you want to accomplish. And then he teaches you how to, you know, set an easy goal that you then turn into a middle goal that then becomes, you know, that big guaranteed goal at the other side. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of great, great stuff in here. Again, it's simplistic. If you've done goal setting before, you're going to be like, ah, this is, this is fluff. But I don't know his stuff. Every time I'm going through it, I'm like, ah, so easy, so easy. But then it keeps coming back into my brain and it's relatable and I'm able to share it with others in a positive way that makes them feel good. Like the idea of soundtracks, like the idea of setting an easy goal, giving yourself something that's super simple to accomplish rather than, you know, saying like, I'm going to run five days a week. It's like, how about you buy running shoes or, you know, do a one mile run instead of a three mile run starting out of, you know, out of the gate. So it's just it. it, Yeah, I can't I can't advocate for John A. Cuff stuff enough. He's awesome. Um, And then the final book that I'll touch on that I read was actually a book that Leo got me for my birthday uh, in September, and it's called Grip by Rick Pastor, P-A-S-T-O-O-R, and it's The Art of Working Smart and Getting to What Matters Most. And I feel like this book was a really great kind of synopsis of it took elements of all it takes as a goal. Uh, it took, you know, not on purpose, but as I was reading it, I could see elements of that. I could also see elements of David Allen and getting things done in there. So he he took kind of the best of a lot of different productivity and goal setting ideas and compiled them into one book that's really kind of set up like a manual. So it's just a, a practical 
tactical, easy to use tool. Um, so anyone that's looking to like, like you, you know how you should be organizing yourself, but somehow you keep getting distracted by all the different methods instead of just doing what you need to do or, you know, and if you're, if you need something to kind of cut through the noise, this was a, it was actually a, a pretty cool book. Um, no, oh, and as I'm looking at the cover, there's even a, uh, a, like a quote, uh, I forget what that's called. Uh, Dan Pink, um, who's a great author. He, uh, did drive was the book and to sell as human. Um, but, uh, he, you know, has a quote on the book saying that it's a good book to read. Um, so those are the books that I read in October. Uh, I'm already gathering my list for November. Um, and, you know, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep being you and keep reading. Never stop learning. There's so much joy. And go to your local library. Pick up a book that calls to you because bang, bang, Bodhisattva. Super fun. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all.